Hello and welcome into the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. It's week seven. I'm Mike Graham, joined as always by Brian Navarrete. And before we get into everything, just want to let everyone know that this show is brought to you by the University Medical Center and powered by AJ Media. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, especially uh, when I woke up Monday morning and realized that it was week seven. I've been waiting for this week for a while now. Now we got the big games coming up, but uh, for, before we dive into that, we have some Thursday games coming up as well. That's right, and uh, the, the one non everyone is pretty much in district play right now, but uh, one team that isn't is uh, Estacado, and since everyone else in the area is in district play, uh, they're a little desperate to find games, so uh, El Paso Mountain View, uh, or Clint Mountain View, however you know them as, uh, will be traveling up to Lowry Field to play a Thursday game, which is it's crazy. I mean, Lubbock to El Paso is about the same distance as uh, Lubbock to Dallas, and they're doing that on a Thursday night, but that's the way it is. That's the way they wanted it, uh, and uh, a 2-3 and three Mountain View team team is coming to visit a 5-1 and one Estacado team. When I kind of looked at this, I had this thought this morning when I woke up, when I was thinking about uh, about all the teams that just barely start, or they're starting up district this week, the teams that already are in district, and then I look at Estacado's and Levelands district, four teams, so obviously you're starting late, but that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, that's the first thought I had in my mind. They're getting a little bit more, I wouldn't say practice, but some more uh, more play in before they actually hit their district run as opposed to even some teams that had to start after week four in district but yeah they have more practice more time to prepare uh, more time to work on the small things and uh, you I, I think a lot of these teams that are sitting in these smaller districts might reap those benefits plus they all get to make the playoffs too yeah <laughs> week one celebrating a playoff birth <laughs> uh, now Mountain View is coming into this game having lost to Denver City at home last week, 20-14. to 14. Uh, Estacado beat Shallow Water in probably the biggest game of the week last week on a Thursday night, 42-20. Uh, to 20. And um, one of the things that I noticed about Mountain View is that they're 2-3. They're and three. Uh, They average 25.2 points per game, but their, their offense isn't very productive. I don't, I don't think that they have um, very far – they don't have much more than uh, 1,000 yards rushing, and, and they're at about like 400 passing. That's that's not going to be good going up against the Matadors team where you, you definitely need some productivity offensively because you know that they're going to come out on offense and they're going to be able to get what they need out of that, that squad. They're going to be able to put up some points, and I'm talking double digits. It's been a while. I mean, this team has been putting up double digits all, all year, uh, more so even. <laughs> you know, they've had a certain point where they were outscoring their opponents more than 100 points to nothing. So it's no joke. Uh, Mountain View is going to have to find some offensive productivity to be able to compete with Estacado, who is just hot right now. Right, and I think that the biggest question heading into this game, and, and we'll dig into this um, when we get in touch with uh, Coach Shavers for our preview story that will come out in the paper, uh, the health status of uh, Kamadrick Williams and Ashton Williams, uh, two key players, uh, a lead running back and uh, by far the leading receiver. I think that those are the only two things that could hinder this team. That being said, uh, Jeremiah Dobbins did a really good job as the single running back for Estacado in the shallow water win, and, and Bo Sim showed he had wheels too. I guess that's a good thing whenever you're running a two-back system. Um, when one of them goes down, you always have the confidence that the other one can kind of pick up uh, a little bit more of the workload. I think uh, bringing, having him back this week would be very beneficial, but uh, like I was saying earlier, uh, district is a little bit further out for them, but... If they needed to maybe hold him out this week uh, 
to help with that injury, then maybe they can and just return back in district 100%, you know, because they have two backs that have been proving themselves uh, all year round. It'd probably be good for Jeremiah, just a sophomore. So uh, there, there's uh, obviously it's it's nice to get all the touches instead of he might the get touches. a little bit more conditioning than he's used to in one <laughs> that, game. That's right. Uh, and you know, just one final note on Osticato. They're really starting to look like uh, Lubbock's contender out of out of four A uh, Division One, Region One. I mean, this team uh, has certainly turned a corner since losing an opening game to Hereford. Uh, yeah, and talking with the Plainview coach, uh, he spoke a little bit about Hereford and. Uh, you know that that was a that was a good team that they lost to, but I think they've definitely grown up since then. Or they've grown, not grown up, but they've grown as a team, and they've become, like you said, one of the more premier teams out of Lubbock right now. Everybody has their eyes on Estacado. Uh, you know, coming into the year, we said that they were exciting, and I think that's proven true all the way through Week Seven. Absolutely, a second Thursday game going on. It's two six A friendship. 0-6-0-2, heading up to Tescosa, 5-1-1-1. This is going to be tough. Uh, every week has been tough for friendship, and it, it's it, the slate's not going to get any lighter moving forward. They dropped that 21-7 to I believe seven decision to Midland High last week, which defensively you can kind of hang your hat on the fact that they did better. Uh, they were able to limit what Midland was able to do, but they still got the loss at the end of the day. Offense couldn't exactly uh, get going except for one touchdown. And Tascosa is going to be tough. They're a tough team right now sitting at 5-1 and one in 1-1 one one district. They lost to Midland Lee last week. Uh, I believe that was a, still a very close game. Yeah, and I think Midland Lee is going to win the district. Yeah, I, I think it's very probable that Midland Lee can kind of take this one, uh, maybe be uh, – contested by Lakeview I mean not Lakeview rather um San Angelo Central Mm -hmm. we'll see how that one goes moving down but Tascosa is a very run-based team from what I can tell or for what I've seen in the past and friendship just has to find a way to kind of slow that down which they've struggled with at times uh, especially in tackling but yeah Anytime you go into a football game, never say die, and I think uh, that applies here. Uh, any team can kind of come out on top any week, but this, this I will say, is one of their tougher games that they'll have to face. Right, and it's quickly become a must-win game because there are, situa- there are scenarios in this district where three wins won't get you into the playoffs, uh, although I think we're projecting four losses would be the elimination number in this one. Either way, they're getting, they're getting pretty close to that, and uh, – you know they're going to need a big game, and and there's some still unbeaten district opponents in in front of them. So uh, there's no time like the present. I agree. I agree completely that there is no time like the present. Get it going now. If you can get it going now, then you're looking at a better situation down the line where you're not having to put everything on the line. It gives you a little comfort, a little bit of a cushion. You know, speaking with some coaches in that first week where they started district, they we're always com or they were commenting on the fact that you want to start on a strong note so that at the end of their district slate you're not at a do or die situation and you know you're having to do things that you're not accustomed to you want to always be playing your game so uh this this is a good time for friendship to get a win um if they will then i think it it'll kind of help them moving forward 
Now, I've talked a lot about District 4, 5A, and, and guess what? There's a lot of that still to come in the podcast. But another really, really good district, probably a, a better district top to bottom, uh, is uh, District 2, 2A Division 1, and a really big game right off the bat, 5-0 and Abernathy versus 5-0 and Sundown. This is going to be a great one, and I'm glad that I'm, I'm going to be able to go out and actually cover this game on Friday night. Uh, th- these are two teams. Sundown has definitely kind of, uh, I wouldn't say exploded onto the scene, but I can't find another word for it because they've, it seems like they turned a new leaf from last year almost, and the fact that they're competitors. Not only are they competitors, but they're going out there and they're really really giving every team the, everything that they got. Now, both these teams have explosive offenses. Uh, Abernathy is averaging 41.4 points per game. And maybe a little bit of surprise when, when you thought about the start of the season, Sundown's actually scoring more, 45.2. But, you know, they're right there in the same ballpark. And I, I think it comes down to two-star quarterbacks. Yeah, Christian Huey and uh, Bryson Daly, uh, along with uh, some other you know elements around them, some other players. They have been very productive. Um, sundown uh, with Christian Huey kind of again I don't want to say emerge but he definitely did kind of emerge onto the scene for us this year Uh, first week he came out and he showed that he was a competitor and he can play uh, en route to being named uh, en route rather to being named uh, Mr. Texas High School Football on that week and he hasn't slowed down since Abernathy they've used a mixture of Cole Carlisle uh, Bryson Daly uh, just a, n- a number of players to kind of achieve what they've been able to. Um, this is going to be a really good game. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for all of District 2-2A, actually, because outside looking in, uh, it's going to be very competitive. Right. New Deal and Hale Center are also undefeated. Um, here's something that stands out to me about Abernathy. You know, not huge offensive numbers. I mean, you've got 1,245 rushing yards and I think about 700 passing yards. So, uh just about 2,000 yards at the midway mark, which is which is good. But sometimes you'll see quarterbacks throw for uh, 4,000 yards alone in a season. I mean, and, I mean, this is a team that has 18 touchdowns on the ground alone. What do you think it is about about Abernathy, the way they're able to beat opponents uh, without having to create much yardage to do it in the grand scheme of things? I think maybe, um, and you're referring to them not picking up as much they're yardage. They're not picking up still. all. Yeah, you, you think that a team that was beating – Teams by the margin of wood would have, you know, maybe 3,000 yards by now, 4,000 yards. Outside, kind of looking at it from that angle, I would say that they have big playability. Uh, I'll be able to see that firsthand when I get down there, but they're able to uh, break away some plays. And when I see that, I see that the defense is doing their job and they're buying time for the offense to rest up and come out and continue to do big things. you know, as far as yardage and all that comes, nothing beats a win at the end of the day. But I think it's a mixture of defense and just great play calling from the coaching staff. Uh, when you can eat up, you know, or whenever you can kind of uh, get it done in one play or anything like that, then it's always good for you. But, yeah, you know what? I, th- I think defense more than anything can attribute to this. And then Sundown Christian Huey, more than 1,500 total yards already. He's been a great athlete for him, a great addition, or yeah, just a great player for that team. He's going to be one to watch. I feel like this one's going to come down to the wire for both teams. I'm picturing another uh, 
post-Abernathy game, except for it's not going to be offense versus defense. I think it's going to be two very um, uh, methodical offenses going at each other with defenses just trying to get their uh, offense that opportunity to show off what it is that's brought them to this point in the year. Totally agree with you. And with uh, four unbeaten teams in a, a six-team league, District 2-2A Division One is going to be a, uh, a league we talk about all the time. Um, next, in, next, I think, in, in scale of importance is the uh, District 4-5A uh, opener for both Abilene Cooper 4-1 and and Monterey 2-3. and It's an 8 p.m. game at Lowry Field because there's a uh, 4 p.m. game ahead of it. Um, but these are two teams that that seem to have found their bearings a little bit. Uh, Monterey uh, battled uh, in Stephenville last week and squeaked out a 20 to 17 win. Um, Cooper was handed its first loss, a one point loss to, to Austin Bowie. I'm, I'm thinking that that came down to a PAT because uh, it was 35 34. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Abilene Cooper's got this this great body of work uh, as far as a non district schedule. Abilene, Keller, Grapevine beat Friendship 62 to 3. So I think this can be a big test for Monterey right off the bat to see if Monterey uh, got what it needed out of its non-district. And that's a good way to put it. it. Let's see if they got what they needed out of that non-district slate, which was, you know, they ended it with that 20-17 to 17 edge of Stephenville, which is good coming into this game. It shows that they have some fight in them, and uh, they're definitely going to need it uh, against this Abilene Cooper team. And that loss to Austin Bowie, uh, it, it – when you look at the one-point difference, that's one factor. And then you look into the fact that that was in overtime. So they took them into overtime, and it was still decided by a point. That's huge. Um, this is going to be a competitive team, I think, throughout district. I think they're going to give a whole bunch of our Lone Star Varsity teams uh, a challenge. And Monterey's going to have to answer that challenge first. And I'm kind of confident in the Pladensmen after last week. I think that they played a really good game. I think that they'll be ready for Abilene Cooper, and I don't think their non-district, uh, um, you know, record quite reflects, like you had said last mm-hmm. week, how potent and how, you know, explosive this team could be, especially offensively. So we both got to see Monterey play Odessa in, in week one, and then I got to see them again uh, a couple of weeks later against Midland Lee, and both the re- beat reporters for Odessa and Midland Lee were like, wow, I've never seen a a team get pressure on on the quarterback like this team is doing and um i think that i think that uh monterey has a pretty good front uh especially when it's not being worn down by um you know great running backs which is what happened late in the game against midland lee you know a 14 14 game became 35 14 as a final but uh, all that being said um monterey could afford a, a really good game from their front because quarterback ender freeman has 1384 yards and uh, 10 touchdowns to one interception this season. And then Tyrese Whitfield isn't far off pace for a 2,000-yard season. He's coming into this game with 806 yards and, and 16 touchdowns. And at the 5A level, that's that's an extraordinary number to have at the midway mark of the season. It truly is. That's difficult to come up, come across. And, uh, yeah, I like that. I like that it's going to they're going to have to get some pressure on that quarterback. And I'm pretty sure they might have been scheming that up since Monday or at least talking about it. Uh, the fact that they're going to have to get him on the move, get him out of a rhythm, or at least, you know, um, get there in time, you know, put some pressure on him. Uh, and for the secondary to hold the wide receiver or, you know, cover the wide receivers long enough for them to do so. And uh, it, that might be, you know, the, ter- the t- determining factor in this game, mm-hmm. whether or not they can get the pressure on Abilene Cooper quarterback and slow down the run game. You, those are big numbers, like you had mentioned. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think the other thing is that the, the receiving game still has to step up. I mean, last week, uh, two rushing touchdowns by Brian Lawson Young, which is great to see. I mean, he's a big body who can who can add a uh, you know a lot in, in different dynamics to the Monterey rushing game. Um, but no receiving touchdowns last week, and, and that's a pretty explosive core. I don't think they've been playing up to their potential in recent weeks. It'd, it'd be nice to see them uh, break out against Abilene Cooper. I think it would be a good time to do so, especially with the start of district. Uh, I think it sets a tone if they're able to come out and get this win. And uh, in any manner that they do so, it could be close. It could be uh, a blowout. It doesn't matter. I think it sets a tone uh, for the rest of district play. Now, this game, you, you don't normally think that a 1-4 and four team and a 4-1 and one team would make for an intriguing matchup, but Lubbock High and, and uh, Lubbock Cooper have played uh, decent games against each other in recent years, and it's the Westerners headed off to uh, Pirate Stadium on Friday for their own District 4-5A opener, both teams' district opener. Uh, what do you make of this game? I mean, we've got a great defense versus a, an offense that has struggled uh, pretty much since uh, week two of, of the season. I think for any team kind of entering district, you you might change a little bit of mentality. We talked about, I can't remember which podcast it was exactly, but whenever you face somebody within city limits, you know, that inner city rivalry, it gives you, uh, it, it, you just play that much harder you know the rivalries are a good thing and uh, this might fall into that category but it also falls into the fact that this is your district opening category so I think the Westerners are going to throw everything that they have at Lubbock Cooper Uh, I think they know that their offense is going to have to definitely produce some yardage or you know get some yardage for them and just try to make it as competitive as possible down to the last minute uh, they talk about their conditioning. Um, if they can do so, you know, just keep it close. Towards the end, they might be able to pull this one off. Now, Lubbock Cooper, on the other hand, like you said, defense is playing really well right now. Uh, the task is easier said than done for the Westerners. Lubbock Cooper has a really good defense, and their offense has definitely found itself in the last couple weeks. Uh, they have the players to be competitive so all in all i think uh this this will be a good game to get out to well that's going to do it for us we want to thank you for stopping by the lone star varsity page uh please be sure to check out our game previews as we get ready for week six then come back late friday evening and we'll have the gamers of of the most important games and and scores will be up shortly after midnight i'd I'd imagine got a good coaches show with um plain views ryan rhodes to to begin the week, hope you'll check out that. Check out that and and uh, see how the Bulldogs are beginning to turn it around. I have to thank our sponsor, the University Medical Center, and AJ Media for putting this out for us. And then for Brian, I'm Mike. We hope you have a great day.